What a year. The end of the year, fellas. 2022 is back in the, is in the books. It is. It really we is. We want to thank all of you for coming out and seeing our podcast in a theater the way it should be seen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Movies, movies are thank made here God. and we make them better by critiquing since, them. Hey, since, since the smile, was it smile that did that? Since the smile movie, have you guys seen any other movies with a welcome back from the director or the actor? I don't think so. Not since then. Interesting. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's not died. happened. I don't know. All I know is that heart, heartbreak feels good at a podcast like this. <laughs> oh, man. There's a great... I don't know what episode Oh, man. It's in. We've had some heartbreakers this year. There was a great have, we'll episode. talk about them. I'm not sure what episode it's in, but there's an episode where we talk about how they should do the sequel to the Nicole Kidman AMC hype video. And Look, I don't know when it's going to happen, but... To me, it is the most anticipated sequel of 2023. Without right. question. Bar none. Yeah, we need to do a special a special emergency podcast as soon as we see it's out. Yeah. One of us needs to alert the other so we can all go see whatever movie we need to go see. I don't care what the movie is. We right. just need to critique. Just got to be at AMC. Yeah, just got to be <laughs> at AMC. Right. Yep. Well, what a year. What a- I don't want to have to watch it on YouTube. And I don't want to watch some crappy Handycam rip either. It's got to be on TikTok immediately. I'm Someone's phone video is... Sound- is yeah, the projector truly. still on? The Will they video. dim the light? The Will they dim on. the lights? The projector is still on is one of the most pretentious things that a movie screen has ever said to me. You know, I'm like, I, I, I think it has yes. been the same since 2000 whatever, and they got to stop. 2019. It's like, we get it. Yeah. It's cool. It's very, it. yeah. very rich colors. Okay. Yeah. True black. Got it. True, True black. black. Um, for a colorblind individual as myself, for the longest time, even with their projector still on, I didn't know there was a man doing the flamethrowing part couldn't see him too dark oh yeah yeah interesting i'll admit that it took me a few times to understand what the joke was because i kept thinking well of course the projector's still on i don't why who would think it turned off right yeah (laughs) and then i was like oh this is just a bad joke okay they just they the idea is that it must be so dark in the theater because the screen is so black that it's almost as black as if it wasn't on my biggest one of my favorite pre-movie here's how cool the movies are hype videos that used to run was at regal when they had some kind of like super surround sound that they had created and it was like yeah it was like and you would hear it move around the theater that was always like i like that i like that i don't know why yeah. When you're right in the middle, it was perfect. Yeah, I agree. So, this is our end of the year show. We might it as well is. just get into it because we got a lot of ground to cover on this one. One of my favorite episodes of the year. It's always fun to go back and talk about the movies we loved and didn't and were surprised by. Because a lot of time it includes movies we didn't fully cover on the show. Gives us a nice chance to talk about some other good, just all around good time. However, mm-hmm. this time, we're doing something a little bit different at the start. Every year, it seems that Spotify Wrapped gets more and more popular. And more the, the, there are other variations as well. There are others. Now you've got Apple Music Replay, Amazon does one, YouTube does one. Everybody mm. wants to see their data in a pretty graphic at the end of the year. And we're doing that. We're doing that for you. For so many sequels. We are. We're going to have a Wrapped for you. I have. All, all created by our data analyst, David. Yes, I've combed through all of our episodes for the most part. And I have come up with some uh, interesting facts, mostly inspired by my pick a pit facts, which went over pretty well. And I'm excited to get into some of them because I think that it'll be some interesting stuff. And I think it'll be reveal some things. Now, I did not go through the, uh, could not figure out what our aura was. I'm not sure if we're wistful focused. I'm not sure if we're defiant, happy. 
or if we're hopeless confident, I think that's what Josh is. Confident, hopeless. There you go. So I'm not sure what, in terms of a podcast, we are for one of those things. I know our, what were our fans? Our fans were like enthusiastic, fat. Yes, yeah, so we had, we had, yes. Spotify gives podcasters their wrapped. We posted them on our Instagram and Facebook page. So go check those out. And I believe that they called our fans enthusiastic, which is great. Love I assume that. that means they, they listen right away. And if you're listening right away to this podcast, hey, go to Apple and give us a, re- a review. We'll yes. read your reviews right here on the show. I yes. think that we can say that. Go to our um, Patreon so we can hang out with you in our Discord yes. channel. A little bit of a contribution. Mm-hmm. Those are the podcasts. We talk about movies. We talk about games that we play. We talk about a lot of stuff. That mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. your top New Year's resolution this year. Yes. Is to join the Patreon at patreon.com slash so many sequels. Just search it in the app. You'll find us. It's a very cheap entry fee of $1. If you can yes. swing it, we would greatly And if you can't it. do that, then that's where we would also love your reviews. Yes. yes. Give us a review. Yeah. That's an party. Check us out. Any, basically, any social media platform. You search so many sequels, yeah. podcasts, you'll find us. We had listeners in 17 countries this year. Which is wild to me. It is kind of wild, isn't it? That's one more. I don't know how many. I don't know, I don't know how many. I don't know if we're big in Europe or a European country. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. 17, 17, someone in 17 different countries listened to this show. So thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, anyway, so here's our a bit of our season four breakdown. We reviewed 42 movies in total, which is a good number. That's usually about what we do, I would think, is about 42. So we do about one every week. And it's been a long, it's been a long year, but it's been a good year of movies, I think. We have reviewed 212 total now. So it just keeps adding up over the years. Look at 212 that. is Look a pretty good, that's a pretty good show, I think. So there's plenty. If you don't want to listen to the new ones, there's plenty of old ones you can go back and listen to. We reviewed this year in 2022, 15 sequels. We reviewed 18 2022 movies, and we, and then I also have this number. So we have hit, we have been told in the past that we need some more older movies. Out of our 212, 20 are from pre-1980, and then That's 70, an improve. That is a marked improvement. It is from when we, especially from when we got that comment, if I remember. So we need some older movies, and now so we got 20 movies from pre-1980. We have 70 from post-2018. So we've got a lot of recent movies. But that's good, too. I'm going to give a little brief rundown of the box office here for the year. Top Gun Maverick is the number one movie of the year, and I don't think that's going to change. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is number two. Doctor Strange, number three. And Jurassic World Dominion, number four. I assume that what will make it into the top five by the end of the year is Avatar 2, The Way of Water. After its opening weekend, it's sitting at $134 million, just in the number 12 spot. So I assume that'll jump up there eventually. And worldwide numbers are, for most part, the same movies. Um, worldwide numbers only belong to Pitbull. <laughs> That's true. He's Mr. Worldwide. We, so many sequels, reviewed six of the top 10 highest grossing movies of 2022. So you can go and check all of those out. And ten, we've did, we did 10 of the top 20. And then we also did seven of the top 10 worldwide. And then I wanted to briefly mention some box office bombs of the year as well, because <laughs> we did review some of these. Some bombs that you might not think, it might not seem like they were, but the unbearable weight of massive talent, starring the cage, the Northman kind of, kind of bombed. It seemed like it was doing really well, and then it just kind of didn't hold out. I think, honestly, the one that hurts the most to say is the Bob's Burgers movie. Did not make back its budget, which is too bad because I, you know, I love Bob. I love Bob. And I love Tina. Bros was also a bit of a failure. This one's not very fair because it wasn't in that many theaters. Cyrano, starring Peter Dinklage. And then the one that probably, I don't know if we're going to do our bottom five. It might be in someone's bottom five, but Amsterdam bombed pretty hard as well. And then finally, the one that I will never forgive the Pixar community for, Lightyear bombed pretty well. It, I don't, bomb is a strong word. It did not do Pixar numbers. 
And not even this close. Was Pixar's, this was Pixar's big return to the theaters, and we let them down. So don't be yeah. surprised if some of those other ones show up on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. In the end, the highest grossing movie that we reviewed was Top Gun Maverick. The lowest grossing movie that we reviewed was uh, Glass Onion. Which on a get. technicality. On a technicality. Uh, on you know, stupidity. I was going to... Oh, and then if you... So if you remove that technicality, it would be Bob's Burg. The Letterbox game. This is the one I think everybody likes to wants to know about. The Letterbox game this year, at the end of every show, we do guess what the movie's made on Letterboxd, our favorite review site. And this year, the king is back on his throne. It is me. I am the winner with a staggering 19 wins. 19 wins, y'all. 19? 19 wins. I, is that a record? It, I, it, if it's not, it should be. Okay. I won, I think, eight straight towards the end there, and then I gave Josh the win on Ernest uh, <laughs> Saves Christmas. It was petty, but it was uh, it was necessary. I swear to God, if Josh beat me by one, though, I no. will be angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that might be also why I did it, because you and Josh finished tied at nine Oh, apiece. man. Nine apiece for Josh and Garrett. And then Andrew, who wasn't in very many shows this year, he had two. So, But he got two good ones. He got Coda. He actually... I think, Andrew, I think you were on six episodes and you went two for six. So that's not too bad. It's not the worst uh, record. No. Yeah. At one point, you were two for two. You had like only done two shows and you got both of the, you got both, won both of your letterbox games. So I'm, was, I'm more upset about the 10 win gap between Garrett and I and you, David. Yeah. That's I know. A, that is yeah. an embarrassing lead you have on us. I know. And it wasn't really, I didn't really notice until I was like, it was like 12, seven, and six. And I was like, oh, I've got a lot of wins this year. This is nice. And then all of a sudden, there was a stretch between Halloween and Christmas where I was like, uh-oh. I just kept winning, and I'm not tired of it yet. You'll never get tired of winning. <laughs> my favorite, my, the stat that I was, the, the stat, the, one of the stats that really triggered why I wanted to make this Spotify rap was how many direct hits did we have? Oh. And we had 16 direct hits on Letterboxd in terms of our guesses. We had, I also had the most direct hits with seven. Garrett had four. Josh had three. And Andrew had two. So both of Andrew's wins were direct hits which is pretty good. You know what? Wow. We, we need a point system. We need a point system. We need a bonus you what, point system. Because I, if we had a point system for something like that, I'd be like, Andrew, he should, in, that would be an edge. If even, you hit, even with his lack of whatever, he would have come in not last. Right? <laughs> no. I don't know where he would have been, but it would have been not last. I no. know that. <laughs> Your system keep... continues to make no sense, yet somehow you guessed them right. <laughs> Andrew's, Andrew's two hits were World War Z and Coda. He got nice. both of those correct. Garrett, or is that, let me say, let's say Josh. Josh, you got Crimes of Grindelwald, Pitch Perfect 3, and Hocus Pocus 2 exactly right. Okay. Garrett, you nailed it when it came to Hocus Pocus 1. You nailed Fantastic Beasts, and you nailed Pretty Woman. Man, for me, it was I Love You Man, Turning Red, Jesse James, The Crazies, Wakanda Forever, and then I also got Glass Onion. So. Yeah. Fair enough. So we reviewed a lot of movies this year, guys. What do you think? Do you think our movies we reviewed were mostly good, mostly bad, in the middle? Honestly, I think they were mostly in the middle. I feel like overall this year has had a lot of middling kind of movies that don't stand out. I agree. Uh, based on my reviewing of the list. So I think most of them have been okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree. I'll agree. With but I also think that we grade high. I think we, we grade high on this podcast. There have been some there have been some high points. There have been some low points. On the average, so I went through all of the movies we reviewed this year, took all of their letterbox scores, even our most recent one. And averaged out, and the average so many sequel movie was a three point one movie. So for the most part, right in the middle. Pretty average. Let's see here. Oh, so this was one of my so the highest rated movie on Letterbox that we reviewed this year was 
Can you guys want to try to guess? What do you guys think the highest rated movie on Letterboxd was that we reviewed this year? Top Gun Maverick. That's a good guess. That's my guess. Coda? Mm. Okay. Everything Everywhere. We didn't review. We didn't review everything. Oh, we didn't review that one. The Batman. Did we review that one? Oh, we We did did review the Batman. That is one of our most listened to episodes of all time. There's my contribution to the rap. <laughs> what the Batman is our most listened to? It's uh, one. Of, it's one. It's one of them. It's one of the top. I can't remember for sure, but it's one of the top. So we got to get some comments on there. Come on. So the highest in terms of the history of Letterbox, the highest rated movie that we watched, that we reviewed this year was Fight Club, which I think oh, has a four point three. In terms of movies that came out in twenty twenty two, it is the Batman and Top Gun Maverick. So in terms of new movies, those are the highest rated ones we did this year. But Fight Club from nineteen what was it ninety nine. 1999, yeah. 1998. Yeah. That's the highest ever. The lowest rated, what do you guys think the lowest rated movie is that we did on Letterboxd this year? Ernest Saves Christmas. No, that I was don't... actually higher than I remember it being. Yeah, Ernest Saves Christmas was, yeah, it was, yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Jurassic World Dominion. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. That was what I was going to say. Okay. I can't even remember. Well, guys, inching or out. Inching, no. Okay. Inching out Jurassic World Dominion by just a point was Halloween Ends with a 2.3. Uh, I'm kind of, like, I know that was divisive, but I'm a little surprised it was the lowest of the year. Right. Just- I was a little shocked, too, as I because I'm looking at it here. And Jurassic World Dominion, I, and I checked these yesterday, so I don't, I assume they haven't changed since then. Dominion's sitting at a 2.4, and Halloween Ends is sitting at a 2.3. Okay. So that's the lowest of 2022, and I, that's the lowest one we reviewed. This year, it's a five-way tie for the fifth worst we've ever reviewed. Fight Fair Club, enough. Fight Club's in a five-way tie for the second highest we've ever reviewed, I think. So my lowest rated movies of the year. Let's get into each of us. My lowest rated movies of the year were <laughs> Trick or Treat and Bad Santa. I gave both of those two stars. Garrett's lowest rated movies of the year were Jurassic World Dominion and Ernest Save Christmas, both of which he gave one and a half star, but for very different reasons, I think. Very yeah. different reasons. And then Josh's lowest rated movie was Fallen Kingdom and Pitch Perfect and Ernest Saves Christmas, which he gave two stars to each of those, I believe. So he had a bit of a three-way tie there. Andrew, I'm pretty sure yours might have been Bad Santa. What Did you give that one and a half last week? He gave it two. No, that was two stars. Two stars, okay. Uh, and- the movies I would rate that are bad are Jurassic Park World Dominion. I mm-hmm. would say that is my worst one. So what would you give that? One and a half? I would give it just a one. Okay. Wow. Rough. So that's Andrew's yeah. worst movie of the year. I tried to get tricky and I tried to figure out who the most watched directors and actors we had this were this year were. But then I realized how hard it is to actually decipher what actors in every movie. So I'm just gonna say Brad Pitt and David Yates. Finally, these are the last these are the last little bits here. We watched one new movie that is in the letterbox top two fifty, and that is Fight Club. So far, as a podcast, we have done ten movies that are in the top two fifty on Letterbox. They are all three Lord of the Rings movies, Star the first Star Wars movie, I knew hope. Empire Strikes Back, Indiana Jones and or the Raider of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, Back to the Future, Silence of the Lambs, and The Dark Knight. Those are the ten movies we have reviewed in our history that are in the top two fifty. And that's Neat. it. That's our wrap. So there's some fun stats there, some interesting things okay. about all I had. Thanks. All right. I like well it. Well done, sir. Well done. Yes, some surprises in there. I appreciate that. Okay. Well then let's shift into the feature presentation. Let's go through our Collective top 10 as a group here. For those who haven't listened before or who don't remember, we will uh, kind of go around and say our number 10 movie, number 9, 
We'll talk about it. If it's in someone else's, it's higher up in someone else's mm -hmm. ranking. We'll discuss that later, but we'll talk about the movies at one time. Sound good? Sound good. Excellent. I guess I, I'll go ahead and start and say that my number 10 movie of 2022 is Jordan Peele's Nope. Oh. Yes. Is that on anybody else's list? This year? It is on my list, yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I think that people were kind of disappointed with it initially, which was a bummer because I thought I liked it kind of out the gate, but I get that it's a different movie. People thought it was going to no. be more scary. I liked it right out the gate, so I, but I know it was divisive at first for some people, and I would like to see it hopefully kind of grow to be more liked over time. It was my top 10. You can go and hear our full thoughts on it on a previous episode of the podcast. Just go search at so many sequels.com. You can hear our full thoughts on it. But nope is my number 10. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. We should totally listen to our thing. So, do we want to, what order do we want to go in here, Josh? Well, we'll go with you next, David. That will be clockwise for me. So, this will be interesting. Okay. So, I am going to go with a movie that I just recently watched but did not expect to make it in my top 10. I feel like an idiot before I even say it. And that is a movie called The Adam Project. Mm. I don't oh. know why, but I really liked it. Yeah. You know, know, I saw that movie at the beginning of the year and I also really like it. I, but it falls into that category of I freaking couldn't tell you what it was about. It is, I remember it really enjoying it, being surprised by how much I enjoyed it. But amongst everything else, it kind of falls into the middle for me. But I do, I, so I don't remember anything about it other than I remember enjoying it. There might be some recency bias in terms of my top 10 on that one. But I really, I don't know, it was a time travel movie, but it's a good time travel movie. And I really, I really liked it. And spoiler alert, but I didn't expect it, but it made actually cried by the end of it. So it kind of caught me off guard. And I really, and I felt, I felt better about it than I did some of the other movies that are just behind it. So I just bumped it up. I said, why not? So I know that's kind of an out there one, but there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that too. And I, it was good. Not in my top 10, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. Any, anybody, did anyone else have any thoughts on the Adam Project? Did you guys see it at all? I've not seen it yet, no. Okay. Okay. Well then, Andrew, what is your number 10? My number 10. I'm going to start this one off with Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Now, I'm very oh. jealous that, I, that you've seen this. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I don't think any of us have seen it. No, you're the only so... one. Please discuss. It's a very, it's, a, it's an A24 movie, and it's extremely different. And... I loved this movie and I love this movie because it was very sweet mm -hmm. and it was very like, it was very touching in more <laughs> ways than one. And it was like, I absolutely love this movie. And this is one movie that I hope I like, I know that we're on so many sequels and we talk about sequels. I really hope that they don't make a sequel to this one. Right. Because this needs to be a standalone. I'm sorry. Shut down. He's getting all uh, choked up thinking about the, it. The the Marcel. Marcel. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, if you think about it, this it the movie is almost as kind of its own sequel because the Marcel the Shell is based on a very popular YouTube series from the early days of YouTube, back when YouTube yeah. was good and not just ads and gamers. Sorry to yeah. the gamers, but I don't watch you. <laughs> I wanted to see it, but I don't think it had a wide release. It didn't. And it didn't stay in theaters for long, so I never got a chance to hit it in the theater. So I'm going to have yeah. to catch it at home. But yeah. good. I'm glad I heard a lot of good, good things. I heard a lot of good things. I kind of think it would have probably made my top 10. Just based off yeah. of everything I've heard about it, it seems really nice. Yeah. 
All right, Garrett, you're number 10. My number 10 is Elvis. Elvis is in the building. Elvis is indeed in the building. For me, this movie really took the cartoonish element away from Elvis and put him back as a person. Mm -hmm. And over the course of time, I think that Elvis had become a little bit of a cartoonish figure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that this did a good job of telling that story and really bringing him back to life and kind of showing some pieces that people may or may not have seen. Stylistically, it may or may not be your style, but I really connected with it and I thought it was well done in that Boslerman kind of way. I thought that he put a lot of his own passion into it and you could really feel that. And I thought Austin Butler gave a really great performance as I agree. And so this, I think that overall these pieces really worked. And again, it really humanized a character that had become so much of a bigger character than him himself. And so it was nice to have that. Yeah. Elvis is, was right on the cusp of mine. He's at number 11 for me. So I got to agree that your placing is good. Yeah, I think that I, I don't know. I think, Garrett, you said off mic earlier that sometimes you can rate a movie really high and know you'll never watch it again. And that's kind of how I feel with Elvis. I don't know that I'd watch it again. It's a lot and it's very long and I just can't, I can't see myself wanting to see it again. But when I saw it, I was really wrapped into it. So I think this, I think it's a good choice. It's not perfect, but it is perfectly enjoyable and very interesting to see parts of his life presented in a different way. That's not a lot of the cookie cutter image you get of Elvis. Okay, great. No one, did you guys have him anywhere near? I haven't seen it yet. I really wanted to, but I didn't manage to get it on my list. It just, it's so long. And towards the end of the year, I was trying to get in some short movies. It's tough. We love short ass movies. Thank you, Pete Davidson, for the great song. But not as long as Avatar. Oh, yeah. We may or may, well, we'll just wait and see if we get to that or not. Well, then we will move into my number nine, The Menu. Okay, all right. The Menu, the menu. Now is this... my number nine. Really enjoyed it. This is not one we got to review, but it is a... I feel like it was kind of presented to me as a horror movie. It's not really. It's more of a thriller with some definite horror aspects. But it's like a dark comedy in a way. Dark comedy, thriller... Yeah. It's got Ray Fiennes, Anya Taylor-Joy, Nicholas Holt. It's got a pretty good cast. I do really enjoy Anya Taylor-Joy as an actress. She's been on a really good role lately, I feel like. She's done several movies lately that I've really enjoyed. I can't say much about it without spoiling it, and it's fresh enough that I don't want to. So I will read the the letterbox logline, which is, Wonderful surprises await you all. A couple travels to a coastal island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Mm-hmm. And they're shocking. They are shocking. It doesn't go anywhere I thought. So I really enjoyed it and I don't want to spoil it. So that's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is also in my top 10. It's a little higher than my number nine. I won't reveal where it's at yet. But I also agree with you, Josh, that this movie really enraptured me. I had an idea of kind of what it was going to be. But I also enjoyed the presentation, if you will. The people who have seen it understand the hopeful pun there of the presentation of this movie. I really enjoyed it the way that it was set up. And I connected with a lot of it. And I I will want to compare it to another movie that we've reviewed, but I connected with the mystery of this more than that other movie, personally. Mm. Really? I get what you're saying, but okay. I I didn't. That's fine. Interesting. I don't think you're you're wrong for that. I don't want to fight with that. So I think that my, my listing will reveal that also. Okay. 
All right. David? Andrew, you saw the menu. Oh, yeah, you saw it. What did you think? I I did see the menu, and I loved it, but it didn't, like, so I just, when I made up my list, I've been, like, I've been, like, tinkering with it a little bit. It's an honorable mention. I put it at number 11. Fair enough. But I still loved it. I thought it was great. Interesting. Okay. David? That's not on the pad you sent me. You have it at number seven. Yep, but I've changed that since then. Oh. <laughs> Last minute revisions. Okay. Number five. Right. Okay. Excellent. Number... Excellent. All right. My number nine movie yes. is a big surprise to me. It was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I, I really dug this. Finally, somebody has the guts to cast Tom Penny, Tom Kenny as Mussolini. And uh, this was a very different take on Pinocchio. I mean, it wasn't to say, I'm not to, not to, pretend that it was, I think, inaccurate of the original tale. It seemed to carry a lot of what that original book and the story contained. But just a very, just a guy who's a real, has a really specific style, kind of going into a new medium of stop motion animation and uh, putting his stamp on this classic story. And Guillermo del Toro has always said that he really loves the story of Pinocchio. But people will want to compare and contrast it with Walt Disney's Pinocchio. And, and that's fair, I guess, but it's a totally different interpretation. So yeah. you won't really see much. I did think that the voice cast was great. I thought yes. that the stop motion was better than some other stop motion movies I saw this year. And, and I kind of liked the, uh, the funny thing is like the original setting is only like the 1880s. So it's not that far into the future, but it's far enough in that yeah, yeah, Del Toro can weave in some commentary. That that honestly feels like it fits. It does. It feels like it works within the framework of Pinocchio's story about individualism and about what does it mean to be alive and things like that. So uh, cool. So that's it. Pinocchio, number nine for me. Okay, great. Okay. Yeah, not in my top 10, but I did really enjoy it. And I would say it's probably my favorite iteration of the Pinocchio story. I'm not super familiar with it, but you know, people compare it to the Disney one because that's kind of replaced any original text as the definitive. So... But I also agree that it's not really fair to compare. They're just different interpretations. But right. this one would be my favorite one. And the, the 1940s Walt Disney's Pinocchio was such a step forward in so many ways of animation that it, you kind of have to take some of the good with the bad. Mm -hmm. You take like the changes with, wow, look what they were able to do back then in 1941. Or yeah, I think that's when it was. Anyway. Okay, great. Any other comments on Pinocchio? Or shall we no, move I, to... It, this is in my top 10, okay. but I won't say anything until I get there. Okay. Oh, okay. But okay, hold on. I will. So, yeah. All right. Well, then, what is your number nine on your list? My number nine is Bullet Train. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. I thought Bullet Train was just an exuberantly overall entertaining flick. Yes. And it was from the time it started to the time it ended, I was just nothing but pleased. Yes, it was a blast. You are absolutely right, Andrew. Thank you, Mr. David. You're right. It will also be appearing on my top 10, and <laughs> it will be appearing sometime later. But yeah, Bullet Train's a blast. I love that movie. It was, I think it's, I, I got to get my, I got to, we got to do our drinking game. It's, this is like, a, it's a Zombieland movie for me, where it was like, it's, a, it's, it's exactly what I wanted it to be, and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have nothing. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a, I don't disagree with anything you said. The only thing that I will add is that it is, for me, unfortunately, just a matter of when it came out and what I've seen, right? I feel like it is another version of a movie that I've seen done already and better. Look at Bob Odenkirk's Nobody, for right. instance. And I feel like it is very similar in that vein. 
that is not a problem. I'm here for these redemption action movies. Give me more. They're fun. I just didn't think it was quite as good as those, but it's a good movie. It's a whole lot of fun. Watch it on Netflix right now. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can. And then keep you can wanting, I keep wanting to make my, let my wife watch it or make my wife watch it or whatever. Go watch it on Netflix and then go listen to our review from our Pick a Pit series earlier in the year. Yeah. Garrett, yeah. what's your number nine? Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers <laughs> is my number nine movie, and I will yes. hear nothing other yes, than great, fantastic love and laughter. This, Garrett, this is where you and I again are on the same page. And for me, the recency bias did not impact this. This has been in no. my in my top movies all year, basically yep. since it came out, and it has not moved. No, so. it is hilarious, and it is unexpected how good this is. I think that you probably think, oh, this is going to be Tom and Jerry. It's not, and stop it. No. I'll slap you if you think it is. It's better than that. Yes. It is the closest thing that we have to what we can get to coming out as Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes. Uh, the humor is hilarious. The animation is fantastic. And it is spanning across different types of animation. And, those, and it's Mil John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. You cannot get, I mean, those two idiots just running around being idiots. It's fantastic. It is so They sounded like they had a blast. Amazing. And, it's, and it does. It sounds like a project that they were just enjoying and yeah. feels it. And so it is an un, or it, is, it was an unsuspecting home. It was a surprisingly like, funny movie from Disney. And I'm not mm -hmm. saying that to like down Disney. I'm just saying there are, they were like jokes that I just didn't think Disney would make or references that I didn't think Disney would make. And like Chip and Dale are like two of their most, are, are some of their most iconic characters, whether it was Rescue Rangers or not. So for them to be so irreverent and silly with the whole thing, my nephew is obsessed with Ugly Sonic. He thinks that is the <laughs> funniest thing. He is five. He is five. But he will say, I, I was, I took him to the restroom and he's going to the bathroom and he can take care of himself. So he's going to the bathroom. I'm just standing outside waiting. And he goes, Duh. And I go, yeah. And he goes, what? And I go, what? And I go, do you like Kakutonic? And I said, you got to speak up, man. And he goes, do you like Ugly Sonic? And I went, how does he know about Ugly Sonic? And I said, yeah, I love Ugly Sonic. He goes, he's a favorite. And then he's, he continues his business. But <laughs> he loves it. And so, like, this movie, and this movie, like, had so much fun with the whole world of animation, whether it was CG, whether it was performance capture, making fun of that time period. In the early 2000s where everything didn't look right. Ton of fun. Ton of fun. Yeah, agreed. So let's go back to Josh now. So I unfortunately have to correct some things real quick because a movie may have been mentioned earlier that I had forgot to put on my list. And it did, in fact, enter my top 10, which threw off part of my numbers. So. Oh, <laughs> oh so what are you dropping and moving in? I unfortunately have dropped. Nope. From my top 10. Oh, oh, man. I can't tell you which one oh. I added in yet because we're not there. But so let me just quickly say that my real number nine is Selena Gomez's My Mind and Me, the Apple TV Plus original documentary okay. about her yeah. struggles with lupus and mental health. And it's quite good. I found it very moving and surprisingly vulnerable for a celebrity of her. Here, second all of that. Okay, so <laughs> now back on track. My number eight is the Bob's Burgers movie. Yeah, oh, that's fun. That's fun. My, I love Bob's Burgers. It's a great TV show. I've loved it for right. years. I feel like it's kind of, it's really enjoyed a nice period of popularity since it was added to Hulu or since it's got a big collection on Hulu because it's really run under the radar for years. For its first several seasons, I feel like nobody talked about it because yeah. we're in, what is it, 10, 11 seasons in now? Maybe more? Something like that. Yeah. 
Um, One of yeah. those where you could easily think, be, just have a shuffle button. Right. I, I think this was the middle of, I think the movie is set between the end of season 12 and the beginning of season 13. Dang. Yeah. So it, it's been running for a long time, but it really feels like it's only been popular as a meme and all that fun stuff that we. Well, like it, I think like a lot of these movies, it really exploded when it like got its has a second life on like, like Adult Swim. Yeah, Adult Swim. Yes. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So I loved it. It is a pretty self-contained, expanded Bob's Burgers episode. Mm. That's the most I can say about it. Plus, we've already talked about it in depth. You can go listen to our full review on that. Yes. On our website, so many but that is my number eight, despite it being the lowest grossing movie we reviewed this year. That's true. Shame on you, audience. Unfortunately, unfortunately. Oh, me, right. Or is it Andrew? No, it's you. No, it's you. Okay, me. My number eight movie of the year is Top Gun Maverick. Ooh, yes. I expected this to be higher for you for some reason. Well, I really enjoyed it, but I was just, as I was making the list, I was just kind of, I don't know, it's just some of these other movies I think just had a little something different, a little something extra. And so, yeah, Top Gun Maverick, I placed at number eight as a solid film, solid sequel. People loved it. This movie did huge. So, yeah, anyway. People won for a decade and a half or however yeah. long it's been. And it's very rare, in my opinion, that a movie far exceeds the original one. Right? Yeah. We've done the original review. We've done the review of this one, too. But I feel like, again, this one is better than the first. Mm. And you can listen to both of those reviews. But... I would have to agree. Um, it is higher up on my list, right. but I will say that I think it. when the dust is settled, that's got to have been the most anticipated sequel of 2022 based solely on the reaction. There's still the Avatar question in the air that is right, lingering, sure. but yeah. the explosive popularity of Maverick is, <laughs> can't deny it. I mean, it just an overwhelming <laughs> monster at the box office as well, over $700 million domestically, which is... Something that outside of Fast and Furious movies and it gave uh, MCU movies and Star Wars films, it gave is like, Tom Cruise yeah. his biggest hit yes. 40 years into his career. Like, yes, insane. Yeah, and nothing's going to catch it. I mean, I'm, Avatar no. might, but I yeah, don't think right. it will. I think Avatar probably close. tops off in the 500 million range domestically, internationally, it probably blow it away, right? Yes, but, people like to forget, Avatar but Top Gun did well internationally as well. So, okay, Andrew, you're number eight. My number eight is Vengeance. Oh, okay. Mm, good choice. That is a good choice. Uh, Shit, that was... choice. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold wait. on. Oh, he's making a joke. The Batman. There you go. Yeah. yeah. There was also Not a movie sad. called Vengeance this year. What was Vengeance about? Eh, we'll get into it later. Anyway. It's my number 12. It's really good. The Batman. The Batman is Yeah, really Andrew, talk good. about the Batman. Yeah, okay, it's also in my top around. 10, Andrew, so uh, you're helping uh, me out there. I, I don't think Andrew's here. Let me just Andrew say that. Oh, here. man, <laughs> Andrew always freezes on such a, on like, on know, his normal so smiling he's got, face. I know. He's got, is, I mean, it's a good time to freeze. You got it that, is. That it cheese is. On. Well, so the Batman say, is also in my top 10. Yeah, same I think it's thing. in Garrett's. Yeah, I will say, I'll talk about it, because it's my number seven, so I'll just get it out of the way now. We can talk about it. It is, I really appreciate it. I know this one, this is controversial amongst people. Because I think people really ex have come to expect a different kind of Batman. And this mm -hmm. movie was so long. And if you didn't like the kind of Batman that you were presented, then you walked away not appreciating it. And I get it. I do. Right. I disagree with it because this this gave you something that you haven't seen in a version of every single time over. And over. It's our detective. Mm -hmm. Something different. Mm -hmm. And again, we reviewed it. You can go check it out. Yeah, Andrew's face. Yeah, I, I also, I said it in our podcast. Go listen to that, our most listened podcast, Josh informed us earlier in the show. Um, 
it, it is like everything I've ever wanted in a Batman movie. And uh, I will be mentioning it later on in my list as well. But yeah, it's <laughs> it blew me away. It blew me away. And it will probably be one of my favorite movies for the, re- for the rest life. of my life. Oh, probably. wow, you meant it. Okay. Yeah. We're still talking about the Batman, right? We, we are. are. We're still are. talking Batman. about the Batman. Welcome back. Welcome okay. back, man. Welcome back. Well, and, uh, and hey, my... sometimes stuff happens. I gotta well, look up this Vengeance anyway, movie now. No, well, I will say that Vengeance is also a really good movie, but I chose the Batman because oh. the Batman is this, like, number one, did the Riddler justice. Agreed. And number two, it holds up very well. Yeah. Like, I recently watched it, I recently watched it again not too long ago, and I'm like, this actually is still really good. Yeah. Like it's, it still has it. Mm-hmm. And I really, I must say that the only time you should really watch this is when it's raining outside. Oh, so, okay. okay. So here in Oklahoma, and so here in Oklahoma, where we had two weeks of like rain and overcast days, I'm like, I'm just going to put this on. And all of a sudden, the right. mood was set. I'd say, right. Andrew's movie moods are so, are like you, this isn't the first time that you've referenced watching a movie when you're in a certain, that's right. Yeah. It's like a turn vibe, a movie on man. now. It's, a I, it's all about vibes. I got this pretty vibes. quickly after it came out on Blu-ray, and I have, and it's also on HBO Max. But I would rather watch it on Blu-ray. But I have yet to rewatch it, and so I'm glad you say that. But like, it the thing is over here, it's really hard to get three hours of myself. So I plan to watch it at some point. I just got to find that moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. it will. If there's another two weeks of rain, maybe it'll take you about that long to finish it. Maybe it is long. <laughs> all right, Garrett, you're number eight, I think. My number eight is actually a comedy special that I watched earlier oh, this yes. year. It's yes. Gerard Carmichael's Wrath. I don't think anybody outside of Josh and myself has seen it. But Gerard Carmichael, the comedian, he had a TV show, was it on ABC? NBC. Josh? NBC. It was NBC, the Carmichael show. Uh, really good, really underappreciated, and definitely worth a watch. You should really did, He hosted SNL this year, I think, too. He, he did host SNL. SNL during this release. And again, I don't want to say too much about it, but... For me, this is not necessarily a comedy special that you would expect, right? Right. Um, he makes an announcement, and then he kind of deals with this announcement in real time with the audience. There's interaction, there's questions, there's answers, there's thoughts, there's feedback. It's very creative. I think it was directed by Bill Burnham. I don't want to confirm. I believe you're right, yeah. Okay. And so it's really well thought out. And so I had it. I had the announcement itself spoiled for me, so I kind of knew going into it. And so going into it, I really got to appreciate what he was doing in his writing style. He was setting you up a certain way. And then as you progress, knowing what he's building up towards, I could see that storytelling beautifully done. It really stood out. I don't know, Josh, you didn't know the reveal. Did you have that same? Do you have a different experience than me? Because this is so high because I know I knew what I was getting into, but a lot of people didn't want it. I mean, it was a similar experience, I think, because it was some, I didn't expect it. So it was like, oh, well, this is not what I thought it was going to be, which made it all the more fascinating to watch unfold. You said earlier, he's got, he's had a nice burgeoning career with a great sitcom, The Carmichael Show, and I've been following him since then. So it's been interesting to see him grow. And this is one of those stand-up specials that's, Almost more one-man show than stand-up. Yeah. It's, if anyone 
is familiar with Hannah Gadsby's Nanette special that was really popular on Netflix. That is a similar kind of vein where it's, oh, this is really actually deep about your life, kind of wrapped in jokes. So it's good. I agree. It's very good. It's a good pick. That's, Not seen it, unfortunately. I believe you can watch that on HBO Max, unless they pull it, because they're doing that now. I had to get a little dig in. Oh, it's on HBO Max. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So my number seven is, <laughs> I forgot it was this, The Weird Al Story. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yes. Weird wow. Al. That's good. All right. All right. That's Loved fascinating. Loved it. <laughs> Loved the Weird Al Yankovic Weird. story. Love Weird Al. What is What can be said? Go listen to our episode about it. Yeah. We did, we did a fun little bonus episode. When it came out, it's available to stream for free on the Roku channel. You just have to figure out how to get that. Yeah. It's worth it. Download, get your free trial, watch this movie, enjoy it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be weird out. It's going to be Daniel Radcliffe really enjoying himself. And Daniel Radcliffe nominated for some acting awards this year for that role. He should be. He did a great job for the movie that they built. I mean, for the movie that they built, it's so good. So good. Yeah, he's intense in that. It's fun. Yes. All right. Yeah, I didn't catch the bit. Oh, sorry. At my number seven yes. is Jordan Peele's Nope. Okay. Okay. And it was a situation where I, a lot of people, they wanted it to be scarier. And I found there to be scary elements, sure. But I just thought it was just a very, very cool movie, very interesting movie. And I really did dig into the, I guess, the theme of it. But I was very much trying to pick it apart, trying to think about it. And it just stuck with me. As the year went on, I just kept going back and I would see somebody talk about it and see somebody ask, ask a question about it. But yeah, I don't know. It, it hung around and I, I really like it. I gave it four stars at the time. I think I still give it that today. So Thank yeah, you. Jordan Peele's Nope. Jordan Peele's Nope at number seven. I'm glad I didn't waste everyone's time by talking about it as my accidental number 10. I'm glad someone <laughs> added in their list. Okay. Andrew. Check out our podcast version of that. Yes. Andrew, what's your number seven? He ain't here. Okay. No. Oh man, it, yeah. yeah you are you're not wrong though. For people not watching the video version, the video people will see it. He his video is freezing at very appropriate. Oh man, he did a sped up thing. <laughs> I know he was in the conjuring. Fast forward, bro. Well, I this is you. perfect timing because I was yeah, it's just a, you're a number seven. I was just asking you, you're number seven. Oh, he's now he's on mute and now <laughs> he's frozen and now awesome. he's breathing. Now Bad he's internet day. Every I'd say what Andrew's so photogenic. Because well, he thought he was pulling a joke, but then he actually froze. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see? Boy, who cries wolf? wolf? You mess with the bull, you get horns, man. Yeah. Now he's frozen again. Oh, man. <laughs> I have Andrew's. I up. guess so. But, uh, uh, disembodied I, voice? No. He's going to have to turn off your video. <laughs> this is comical. I have Andrew's number um, seven if, if it comes down to it. What do you got? Number it, seven. It is Elvis. Yeah. Okay. Elvis. There you go. And so I Garrett, loved Elvis. Oh. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, no, you're fine. Yeah. The only thing I was gonna say is that Elvis. It started out really strange. Yeah. But it gained momentum as it went on, and the movie is made. Or the, what makes the movie is purely Austin Butler. Mm-hmm. Austin Butler just floored it as Elvis, yeah. and. That really is like one of, for the longest time, I'm like, this is one of the best performances of the year. And it overall just wanted me to learn a little bit more about Elvis. And I'm glad it wasn't really run of the mill about Elvis. Yeah. So there we go. I mean, maybe you guys can tell me because I still haven't seen it, but it also feels based on clips that I've seen. It feels like a real indictment of what is his name? Colonel Parker. Colonel Parker. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 
It yeah, feels like yeah. a real character assassination might not be. Yeah. Plus, it's just a real wackadoo performance by Tom Hanks. Not my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Yes. I did that's not agree. Stylist, that's where the stylistic elements come in, and you may or may not agree with it. I kind of got what he was going for, and so it yeah. didn't bother me, but I, I get it. Sorry about that. Yeah. No, that's okay. This is a real, this is a real, we're holding this show together with threads. It's okay. Man, I should tell you what. Yeah, just (laughs) feel really bad What's your number seven? My number seven we already talked about, boys. It is the Batman. I got nothing else to add than what I already added. So let's move on to number six. My number six is probably going to be just a conversation between Andrew and I. It's Steven Spielberg's The Fablemans. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I want to. Really, really nice thoughtful movie if anyone has earned the ability to make a biopic about themselves it is steven spielberg but he does it in a way where it's not it is it's not steven spielberg right he wrote characters based on him and his family but a lot of the stories or a lot of the scenes you see in the movie are plucked from his real life so it is more of a it's inspired by his life versus a biopic and i feel like there's some confusion there but man it reminds me of why I love movies. And that feels cliche to say because everyone has kind of been using that as hyperbole. There's a line in there that's, what is it, Andrew? Movies are dreams that become real or something. I don't know. It made yeah, me, I, it hit me goosebumps and I'm a nerd. So, yeah, I don't, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it was something along those lines. Uh, it's great. Yeah, You're seeing I, this young boy learn to love film at a time where film is becoming more accessible to the public in terms of video camera equipment and being able to make it at home. So you're able to see these cool ways that he did special effects as a child. There's a scene in there where he's filming a real movie that Steven Spielberg made when he was 13 years old, like a home video of a war scene. And there's, you see how he did some cool, really clever special effects to make gunshots and ricochets and all that. So it's just a really, it's just, it's really nice. And it's a feel good. It's a feel good. So it's, yeah. And, you know, every now and then, a, a Spielberg movie seems to fly under the radar because the Fablemans definitely seems to have flown under the radar quite a bit. It really reminds me of, I know the movie's probably nothing like this, but it reminds me in that way of Bridge of Spies. That's a Spielberg movie that's highly reviewed and acclaimed, but for whatever reason, just no nobody, I don't remember anybody being like, oh, Bridge of Spies, it's the new big Spielberg movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know what I mean, Vern? God damn it. So, I look forward to seeing it, though. Okay. Fair what? Enough. Your, uh, your, your, number, your number six, David, if you can speak. The Banshees of Innersham. And, and hey! oh, I want to see uh, that one too. I'm really I'm behind on all the good movies. I've seen the trash. I will let you guys know. I cannot explain why I like the movie. That's not to say that I hope that don't take that as a negative review. I just I can't it's very difficult to really put into words why I walked away liking it. It is so like the performances are very good. Colin Farrell's great, and so is Brendan Gleeson. The Colin Farrell's sister, played by Carrie Condon, very good. Barry Keegan, who at first I didn't even really recognize, and then I did. He's also fantastic. It is a very Irish a, movie. It's, a, it's super chill. And yes, I did have to turn the subtitles on. Absolutely. Because yeah. I understand some Korean movies better than I understood this. And so <laughs> I... I had to turn on the subtitles because they were losing me. I, the movie does not tell you right away when it's set. So I was very confused as to when and where. But did you see it, Andrew? I was very yeah. confused. At what point in time is this? Because people were, some people were seem to be living in thatched roofs. 
And then other people had what they had at the bar looked like it had taps. I was like, wait, what time is this? They do eventually reveal it in a very nice way. But yeah, yeah it is a chill movie. It is like that. It is like it is the perfect kind of low energy where there is there's no rush. If there's anything wrong with it, it's a tad repetitive. But that's it. That is a that is sort of a byproduct of the characters that it is a problem with the story it is that repetitiveness is reinforcing the main character flaws of the main character so if you guys get a chance to see it i think you'll love it andrew do you have anything to say about that one it was like i liked it i liked it it took me a little bit to wrap my head around Mm. but all in all yeah i liked it i thought it was good it's not in my top 10 unfortunately but i give it i give it a good rating i love the scenery of it oh yeah Scenery is yep. beautiful. Scenery is gorgeous. And the, the, it's, there are things that happen in it that are just like, they're presented very matter of factly. There's a little bit, there's not that much subterfuge. It's just like, it happens right in front of you. Right. I really enjoyed yeah. it too. It is a oh, great Oh, you saw movie. Josh? Oh, I'm Yes, sorry. I did. I watched it on HBO the other day. It is a great story about why men should talk to each other about their feelings. <laughs> because I've never seen a better movie that it demonstrates two right. men. Who just yeah. refuse to talk to each other it is. and instead would rather fight about it. They're stuck on an island. But that's what um, makes it funny, right? Because it is, I mean, it's not, it's nominated for as best comedy at the Golden Globes, Golden Globes or whatever. But I can see why people would be like, is that a comedy? It's funny, yeah. but it's, it's not, you're not going to laugh out loud. But yes, no, it's more it. just, it's more just the premise is humorous. And it, it's the, what happens if you, if I relate it to you, I could tell it in a very funny way, yeah. but it is. Anyway, yeah, so it's my number six movie of the year. I hope it wins the Golden Globe, even though I don't watch that crap right. show. Right. Andrew, you're number six. My number six is, we've already discussed this one, Top Gun Maverick. Perfect. Yes. And Perfect. I won't say any more than that. Okay. Let's, Glenn, let's one, of, on. one of two Glenn Powell movies this year where he's a pilot. I think that, <laughs> I think that means they got to give him a license. Officially. Garrett, what's your number six? Very excited about this, guys, because my number six movie of the year, I feel like is going to inspire some conversation because we haven't reviewed it, but we've all, everyone that's seen it has liked it in a, in their own special way. My number six movie of the year is Barbarian. Oh, okay. Barbarian is on HBO Max currently. You can watch it. It is a horror movie and I don't want to talk about a lot of it because it is just that shit. I mean, that's the only way that I can really describe whatever you're about to get into. It's unsettling. It's upsetting. It is the proper amount of time for you to feel those emotions and then it end and then go, I liked that, right? It was weird. It was unsettling. It was unpleasant and I didn't like it, but I liked it. It was the perfect, if had it been 20 minutes longer and I wouldn't have liked it, but it was perfectly executed and knew what it was even though we didn't right and such an unexpected experience that i watched it again and was still had the same what is happening kind of same dread yes the same tension the same craziness even though i knew what was coming it was still what is this craziness yes well, so that's your number six. Well, that's a terrifying movie. It was quite scary. Uh, it, like you said, I for me, it ended at the perfect time because it was the exact moment where I went, I w- don't want to watch any more things happen. This is scaring me. <laughs> there is, it was, couldn't have ended at a better time for me. It was, a kind, there was there's a real, there's a really funny moment in it towards the end that was so, 
it just it almost felt like it didn't fit it felt like something out of like this and i had i laughed quite heartily which was good i don't know if they wanted that maybe they wanted to relieve some tension it's a it's an onion and i know people say that all the time but the more you peel it the more it stinks no i'm just kidding the more you peel it the more you find <laughs> it just kept going and going there's just more oh okay there's this okay and then you peel that a little bit oh uh, now this thing is happening and it just th- I couldn't have told you where this movie was going to go based no. on anything. <laughs> it's a based fever dream, and that's why I liked it. Yeah. It, no. Yeah. That was a perfect tee-up for me. Number five is Barbarian. My number five is Barbarian. So I will second everything that they both said and add that one of my favorite movie theater experiences of all time is when I watch a movie with a plot twist so insane it feels like I got hit with a sack of bricks. And that's what this plot twist did to me. Much respect. To Barbarian, it is it make it reminded me of Malignant, a similar experience for me in last yeah. year. So, yeah, uh, and we got a. I think the director of Barbarian liked our tweet, didn't he? He did. So thank, thank you. you, thank you, David. What's your number five? My number five is probably I'm the only one who's going to have this on his list. And that is a Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and this was I think the highlight of the MCU this year. I think this was a overall pretty good movie for me. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed most of the, I pretty much enjoyed all the performances. Angela Bassett, I hope she gets on that best supporting actress list. And yeah, it was just so I, for me, when I think of the MCU and I think of Marvel movies, Marvel Studios movies, I just kind of have this, there are movies that are they're like movies that are just like set, like standard setters. And I feel like the movies we got, the other movies we got this year were so focused, I think, on things like the multiverse and things like Thor Love and Thunder, as entertaining, as funny as I thought it was, I feel like didn't didn't do as much as it could to really explore that those any of those characters. But this, I felt like it gave you a lot of time. It explored the characters. And, and I thought Namor, great. I love him. So anyway, that's my number five. Okay. Did anyone else have Black Panther Wakanda forever in their top ten? Nope. I, I knew. Okay. Yeah, me neither. I've been new. Andrew, what is your number five? My number five is Glass Onion. Okay. Yes. Glass Onion, yeah. which I'll just quickly plug real quick that we're about to drop a spoiler-filled review of that movie. Or it may have already dropped. Who knows? Well, you're, I don't know. It might exist. Yeah. But we have any other time when you're listening to this yeah. podcast, it may or may not exist. Right. Yeah. Right. We have a spoiler-free as well as a spoiler-heavy episode and I, it may just be my memory but i feel like we had a lot of fun with the spoiler free or the, spo- the spoiler the spoiler so much more fun heavy. so yes. much more fun yes we, we were laughing fun, a lot so. so end of plug continue andrew that's all right no i this was an altogether fun enjoyable whodunit which we don't have a lot anymore and truth be known i feel like this movie it was like a welcome back in many ways because I think we need more of these kinds of films. Mm-hmm. And it had a great cast. It had a great, an expertly written script. And it was just an altogether, I mean, it was definitely longer than its predecessor, Knives Out, but it certainly didn't feel like that. And it just made it even more fun. So bravo Agreed. to Ryan Johnson. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. loved I loved Glass Onion. It was terrific. Yes, it's on my list. We're not there yet. But also, we've done two episodes about it, so I won't talk too much more. It's just, I yeah. really enjoyed it too. Please it's go also, listen yep. to our other episodes. Yeah, also on my list, but we ain't hit it quite yet. Uh, right. Um, so that's high praise right there. That tells excellent. you a lot. Well then, Garrett, what is your number five? 
My number five is one that we have talked about. It is Top Gun Maverick. I, again, I don't want to say too much about it. It's good. It's fun. That's how it always you goes. Watch it on the biggest screen with the loudest thing, and then you'll be in a great mood. Goes is that two of us or three of us will like, we'll put like a movie that's in everybody else's like top three in like our bottom, like our, well, not our bottom three, but you know, like in our like seven, eight range. And then the last few movies are like, already talked about this one. Already talked about this. Okay, great. All right. We're approaching the higher end of the list now. My number yeah. four, something else we've covered already. This also happens every time we get toward the end. The Batman is my number yes. four movie. I saw it twice in theaters. And hey, I have that's dedication. You hate long movies. I do. But I watched it twice in theaters. That says a lot. That should tell you everything you need to know about Batman is Josh. Who, Josh has the bladder of a small, very small child. And you know? also the constant thirst of someone in the desert. I must have a big <laughs> drink with me. And I must empty it all the time. Yes. It's a curse. Hey, and this so is a great time for... to plug Run Pee, where, yeah. where you can download a, it'll tell you when I is a good time, time to go pee during a movie where you won't miss as many plot points. And it also is a great resource. Should you ever be interested to see if a movie has something bonus after the credits, you can Look, open that up. Personally, it'll, it'll I tell personally, you whether there is or isn't. And it is a fantastic app to have as a resource. Personally, I don't trust it. One of the many discussions you can get in our Discord is the fact that I have not gone to the bathroom during a movie since I was probably 15 years old. I refuse to go to the bathroom. I paid for this movie. Hey, I, I always go I right before. I don't ever go to the bathroom during the movie, but it is handy wet to determine whether or not I want to stay for all those long credits and if it's worth it. That's I mean, during the credits, you, you can. I mean, you can probably because the credits are there, but uh, you can go and come back. But uh, yeah, it's a it's that, and I've not walked out of a movie before. So I some people that they do that all the time. I don't like to walk out on movies, even if they're really bad. I refuse I have, to let the movie beat me. I have walked out on many a movie, mostly from back in my movie theater days when I worked there, and I, I didn't lose any money anyway. Right. I was like, yeah, this sucks. I'm out. No, I I will also back the Run P recommendation. It's very helpful. If I'm if there's one thing about me, if I'm watching a movie, I'm a pee. There, I have never walked out. I've only walked out on one movie in my entire life. Mm. And that was, they did like a Deadpool. It was like Deadpool 2, like a retelling or something like that. Like at the end of the year. You may not have walked out on many, but you sure as hell fallen asleep. During yeah, movie. you've mentally walked out on every movie you've ever seen. Your brain walked out. Sometimes you may not leave, but your body or your mind, you have an out-of-body experience. Where you ah, yeah. Oh, that might yeah. be my favorite <laughs> joke of the year right there. That was good. Ooh. Oh, man. Man, he do uh, be walking out of movies. Just, but his body stays. My Did I see look, that tin Cloverfield leg? Look, this is a log episode. I don't care. But very quickly, my favorite time, Andrew, you've ever fallen asleep in a movie with me true. was the hateful eight when you fell asleep during the only good part in the movie. And I'd tell you which one, but I don't movie. think... I fell asleep during that movie twice. So... Woke up, <laughs> fell asleep again. I did? Yep. <laughs> well, David, what's but, your uh, number four? Well, my number four was the reason we did pick a pit. That's Bullet Train. Loved the crap out of this movie. So goodness, there you go. Goodness. goodness. Bullet Train, y'all. Number four Andrew. for Andrew. Number four for, An for Andrew <laughs> is... We have covered it. We have covered this again. Great. Pinocchio. There you go. Nice. Oh, Game nice. Del Toro's Del Toro Pinocchio. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Del Toro. Here's my thing about Pinocchio is that like Pinocchio, they have, I don't know why they keep trying to adapting it, try to remake it because a bit like 
here recently, they just recently made another Pinocchio. Yeah. Like, I think three Pinocchios like, came out this year. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of weird, but it is. whatever. I but, would uh, say, it, I'm sorry to speculate. I was going to say, I, it has to be because it's a very cinematic story, I think. Much like a Christmas Carol. Remember, we looked up when, when we did a Christmas Carol a few years back. Like the first mo- Christmas Carol was like 1901, which was like 40 years after the book was written. So it's, a, I think it's just a very cinematic story. I'm sorry, Andrew, yeah. you can go on. Good. But the last time I remember them trying to adapt Pinocchio into any film form was back in 1999 by a man named Roberto Benini, mm. who did a film called Life is Beautiful, and everybody loved him. And so he mm. did this, he did this adaptation of Pinocchio, and it was a flat out disaster. And then I heard about the new one that they released earlier this year, I guess, and it looked friggin' scary with and Sir Thomas of Hanks. Yeah, him. And yeah, then we had that one with Geppetto that doesn't have Drew Carey. And and then we have this one. It's just, good Lord, how many times are they going to do this? The weirdest you one. Have one that, you have one that's like actually good. And I will say, Christoph Waltz, I will watch anything that man is in. That's He's right. good. He's very good. Yeah. Always good. So, All right. Gary, yeah, your number. That's my two cents. Your number four. My number four is Glass Onion, a Knives Out story. Yes. Mystery. But my yes. number three is Glass Onion, a Knives Out story. Again, listen to one of our two reviews of that episode, so many sequels.com. If you have seen it, spoiler review, baby. If you haven't, but you want to know what you're getting into, you can check out our spoiler free version. They're both there, both available. And uh, spoiler for that, we loved it because it we is did high in our, it's high in our year in rankings. And I can't wait to watch it again when it pops up yeah. on Netflix. For sure. Rewatchability, 100%. My it, number three movie yeah. is Chippendale Rescue Rangers. It was that, it's been number three for the whole that. year, basically. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, hilarious. We already talked about it earlier in the show. And there might be another familiar one in my number two spot. Okay. Okay. Andrew, number three. My number three was your number five, Josh. The Fablemans. The Fablemans. Wonderful, wonderful. I have a number three that no one's talked about, and I'm excited about it. The Black Phone. Right. Hey, that's a good one. The horror movie that came out earlier with Ethan Hawke. It is. uh, I won't say too much, but it it is. For me, it was a serial killer meets the Goonies, but it's set in the 1970s, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of. A general, those were the general vibes. And now don't go into this movie thinking it's going to be like the Goonies. I'm just saying the vibe no. of the Goonies. The vibe of the Goonies was there. And it was set in the, in the time period where a serial killer was realistic. Ethan Hawke delivered a really creepy performance for me. Yeah. It has been in the top of my list this whole year. And only recently got bumped from the number two spot. I've watched it several, I've watched it twice. And it still is really a good holdup. It was just a really good surprise that I didn't expect and I really enjoyed. Some Peacock or I thought it was. I tried to watch it recently and it wasn't there. So I'm going to have to, it may be going on and off and it may be back again soon. So we'll see. I really want to watch it. It looks really cool. I think Scott Derrickson is a director that everybody should have on their like watch list. I think he's, he's made a, he made a handful of very good films over the last 10 ish years. And I think that's going to continue. I think, I don't know if he's going to always stick to the sort of horror genre, but Scott Derrickson, keep an eye out. I like Scott Derrickson. Yes, I agree with that. The Black Phone, yes, I saw it too. Very fun movie. Yeah, definitely recommend. All right, my number two has remained 
unchanged for very many months is Top Gun Maverick. Okay, all the way at the number two. Love it. Ultimate dad movie of all time. Your television cannot handle it. Yeah. Nope. It's It's wonderful. It's unfair to TV screens. When it drops on Paramount Plus later this month, RIP to that app. I don't know if it can handle it. It's going to be playing in the background. It's going to replace Fox News as the most played in the background of your dad's house. Yes. You know what? Yes, Good every business with TV should just leave Top Gun Maverick on a loop. That is the least yes. divisive thing in the world. Everyone loves There's it. There's something for everyone. Every, every barbershop, every every <laughs> every golf center, got golf galaxy, every... Turn TNT into uh, the Top Gun Maverick channel. The Magnolia Center at Best Buy is just going right. to be selling theaters at the gate. The oh, Magnolia That's what I was going to say was... That's what I was going to say was like at the the electronics and tele- entertainment center in friggin' Walmart. I just want that movie. Sure. You want to buy that theater? It's two thousand dollars. Love it. Take Love my it. money. Here's my wallet. You get what you need. David, what is your number my, two? My number two recurring theme is Glass Onion, a Knives Out story. There's we that. talked about it already. I love it. All we can say. I love that. How high we've all got it. We got it. I think in our top five. Our top we? five, right? Yes, yeah. Mine's uh, at six. Sorry, oh, well, Andrew's then you is, have to leave. Andrew's you have to six. leave. Glass Onion's <laughs> at six? I thought you said it was five. Oh, no, Glass. Has... Sorry, I'm still thinking of Top Gun. Oh, oh. yeah, no, you're, yeah. yeah no, so it, it is, is in my top five. It is, yeah. uh, it is Andrew's number five. I think it was Josh's number three. Yeah, because yeah, my, my listen, and Garrett's my, number four. There you go. That's pretty my, funny. My top three is split in hairs. There's not much of a gap between how much I love them. Well, uh, I just it went five, four, three, two. Right. That's pretty crazy. What's your number two, Andrew? Okay, great. Oh no! Love yeah, that. Been Love again. that for us. Out again, out again. Well, let's just move. We'll move on to Garrett's real quick. We can come back to yeah. Andrew. Oh, and <laughs> so many of these moments. Number two for you. Yeah, well, go on. Go ahead, Garrett. Oh, okay. okay. My number two is one that we've again already talked about. Is the menu. My number two. The <laughs> menu. <laughs> the internet. <laughs> the blooper. I'm gonna have my first blooper reel. From yeah, you're gonna have to edit this. <laughs> the number two. You know, it's the end of the year. You don't got but you don't have a ton of else going on. Maybe. Thank goodness you know, I'm off work most of the week. through yeah. this one, get some bloopers out of it. Yeah, Andrew, I'm sorry. Go ahead with your number two, buddy. Now, say it before you get cut Garrett, again. Garrett. No, you got to go. You got a good connection. You're beautiful. Okay, all right. My number two is weird. The yeah, weird house. Weird the house. Wonderful. Weird Al Yankovic story. Love that for Al. Good job, Alfred. Because this movie was everything I wanted out of Weird Al, and I'm so happy that it exists. I agree. A, a stirring tribute. Yes. Okay. Again, my number two is the menu. We talked about it. I really liked this a lot. I like the presentation. I like the story. I like the mystery a little bit more than Glass Onion, and I connected with that element. The element that they had, I resonated with just a little bit more than the elements that connect in Glass Onion. They're very close. They're so good. You should definitely right. see them both. They're- For sure. And hey, the menu came out just very recently. So that's a, that jumped right into your top five. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I just saw it yesterday. Oh, super fresh on your mind then. Yeah. No, I thought, I thought you meant the movie yesterday about the Beatles. Yes. Oh, no. Great. Get Josh, well, you're number one. Here we are. Here we are. I feel like, I feel, hang on, before we get to it, listen, I feel like there's a good chance that this is everybody's number one. Can we all oh, agree? David, not, you already not. know. I don't yeah, know that I, David saw it. No, David I, may not. It's have not seen my it. number one. So I can say my number one. I'll let you guys talk about Maybe that your makes number more one. Sense. Yeah. What is it, David? Uh, my number one is something in the way it's the Batman. Oh, okay. Uh, and oh. it is. It will always be 
my number one movie. You really Anywho. loved the Batman. Really loved it. Really can't wait to watch it again. Everything what? about it, great. I'm very flowy about it. Uh-huh. Terrific movie. But I'm very excited. I think Andrew's frozen again. I'm gonna that or he's in the smile. I don't know. He's done. I both. am gonna let both. you guys now talk about what I assume is all of your number one movies. E, I think so. So my number one movie is Everything Everywhere All at Once. It has been since I think February or January when I saw it. I've never seen anything like it. Marvel is doing all the multiverse stuff, but it is easily the best multiverse movie of them all. Sorry. I know everyone says it. It's the truth. I know. Nominations haven't Without even been announced, it. but it's my pick for best picture at the Oscars. It's just wonderful. It's very touching. It's got a great heart to it. There's so many good performances. Michelle Yeoh is an icon. Jamie Lee Curtis is extremely good in it. Just great movie. Lovely movie. What do you guys think? Are we on the same page? Number one. Yeah, there's Everything Everywhere All at Once is my number one movie of the year, too. It hasn't moved since I saw it, and I agree. You look at the you look at the Doctor Strange, right? That was the other big multiverse movie that came out this year. And the thing that the Marvel movies lack is that the multiverse is a purpose of a bigger thing, right? It's a bigger part of a telling a bigger story. It's just a, it's yeah. just a vessel that you can use to have Matt Reeves' Batman. That, I know that's not the same thing you get yeah but for this it does have that heart it has something that you can connect to as a person and it's not superhero i mean it's superhero but it's regular it's just it's got that element that marvel can't have necessarily no because that is serving purpose and so yeah this delivers on what it is it's super weird also which is always a big tick for me all of the performances as you have said the resurgence a certain performance that we have in there is beautiful to see. It is just unlike anything. I yeah, the, I haven't seen it, but I do want to say I've heard a lot of great things about it. The MCU, Marvel, I mean, they're wanting to get in this multiverse thing, but it's got so much baggage that you it's hard to tell, like, just a good, clean story about the multiverse. I think that, like, Into the Spider-Verse did a, a great job of that, but nothing else really has, Andrew. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. And... This, and like, <clears throat> I agree with everybody with what everybody said. And the thing is that it's such a, just a different film. It's a different film and it's so mesmerizing. The fact that only five people worked on the visual effects still astounds me. That's number one. Number two is that like, it's brilliantly written. It's brilliantly directed. It's brilliantly filmed and brilliantly acted. There's not much more else I can say to everything, everywhere, all at once, except for it is one of the best movies of this decade. And this is only 2022. And I'm like, like, I'm curious. I'm curious right now, since this is only 2022, like where this movie is going to sit 50 years from now, because yeah, we're going to have so many movies come out, but the things that, but the thing is that, like, right now, this is in the running for me of, like, top 10 movies of the 2000s. That's really, really good. But you're not the only one I've heard say. That's very A lot of people are loving it. I just I do want to watch it. I really do want to watch it. And every time I would, it would pop up on like HBO Max, I'm like, oh, great, finally. I'm going to watch that this weekend. And then I get the weekend would come, and it was off HBO Max again. I'm like, what? Why don't they want me to see um, this movie? The top review for, on Letterboxd for this movie is from Saturday Night Live cast member Bowen Yang if you're familiar with him. And he wrote, yeah. five stars, this is one of the best things I've ever seen in my piece of shit life. 
<laughs> and if that's not a glowing review, I don't know what is. Bowen Love Bowen. Is, is so I didn't fun. know he had a letterbox. Going to have to follow Bowen. I go follow him. Top review I'll tell on, you what, on everywhere. I, uh, not a lot. Of, uh, I see. Maybe it's controversial that iceberg sketch or a bit that he did on Saturday Night Live where he was the iceberg that hit the Titanic. I You're still love it, man. This is for David. Oh, you love it? I yeah. love it. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I was going to hate was, it. You were ready I to attack. I thought you were going to hate it. I was ready to attack. No. I apologize. It, it cracks me up so much, and it's funnier. It got even funnier when I listened to the Conan Needs a Friend podcast with Bowen Yang, where he explained the uh, idea behind it and uh, made it even funnier. What rewatched it immediately after the podcast, and I was like, how did I not see? Yeah, hilarious. Uh, all right. Well, with three out of the four choosing yep. everywhere all at once as our favorite movie of the year, I think that makes it the so many sequels best movie of 2022. I think so. That's three yeah. out of four. I don't know what so, to tell. So collectively, I tried to keep track of this. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to create a concrete top five, at least not yet. But collectively, we, uh, the four of us shared 12 movies. I'll run through them real quick. Nope, Weird Al, The Fablemans, Pinocchio, Elvis, Bullet Train, Glass Onion, Chippendale. The Menu, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Batman, and Top Gun Maverick. So those are the 12 movies we shared. Top Gun and The Batman were the only movies to appear on all four lists. Every Everything appeared on three of the four. And then Glass Onion might have the most consistent aggregate, placing. Aggregate overall, that's definitely. Yeah, Gla Glass yeah. Onion might have the most consistent placing, although three number ones is pretty darn consistent. So, so I would say, I think it's comfortable to say Everything and then Glass Onion and then maybe Top Gun or, or The Batman probably that's is. That's true. What sits in what is our top four yep. at least? It's true. We'll we'll have to crunch some more numbers for our wrapped graphics. Maybe some, before have to do some rank choice voting and things like that. All right. Well, before we wrap up, does, does anyone want to quickly say what the worst movie they saw was? Just the worst one on your Amsterdam list. was the okay. worst damn movie I've seen all damn year. It was <laughs> awful. I hated every minute of it. And I really wish I hadn't seen it. Every cast member that they claimed to be in there, maybe he was on screen for two minutes at total. Oh, man. It is a list of cameos. It is boring. There's no charm whatsoever. Chris Rock's funny. Thank God he's there. Outside of that, Taylor Swift is there, and that is the only cameo worth experiencing. Oh, man. It's really just a tragedy. How, how was my boy Timothy Oliphant? Couldn't tell hey. you that he was in it. Oh, he, he was really just as bad as everyone else did. I though. know he was wearing a lot of makeup in it. I don't know if he was a cop or not. That's yeah. the important part. It was really a, dis a big disappointment. I have to, I'm looking at my rankings and I've changed it since I ranked it. So it's going to drop. It is a one and a half star, but it will be more. Because that's the bad and entertaining and this was not entertaining. This is going to be pretty, everybody's going to say this, I think, or a lot of people are going to say this pretty basic pick. But for me, it was Morbius. Skipped it early on at the beginning of the year. Finally caught it on Netflix towards the end. And it was as bad as advertised. Disappointing, I'll say Wendell and Wilde. Oh, I didn't really? like that. It's yeah. too bad. Yeah. Okay. Andrew, did you have a worst movie of the year? I don't know what that's supposed to be. What are you guys... He's trying to make a new intro. Andrew, are you trying to make a new intro for us? He's striking a posing? I don't know what this movie is. You're going to have to come clean, Andrew. I don't know. My internet was cutting out. So, oh, okay. Uh, so you're just dancing till the internet came back. Okay. Yes. What's your, what was the worst movie you saw this year? Jurassic Park Dominion, hands down. Wow. Okay. It wasn't good, but man, not yeah. my worst. Now, that in a close runner-up was Thor Love and Thunder. Oh. That might be too harsh, Andrew. I don't know. I also think it's too harsh, but I didn't love it. This was a middling Marvel year for me. I will unfortunately have to say. Yep. Oh. All right, hang Marvel? on. Josh, what's your worst? And then we'll wrap it up. 
The worst movie I saw this year was Disney's live action Pinocchio, just because oh. it was really lazy and like it didn't add anything. The original one is still way better. It just wasn't no reason for it. And I'm not Waste. usually I'm not usually super harsh on the live action remakes. I do really like some of them. I do think it's kind of a cop out kind of thing for them to keep doing. But this one was just really no one wanted it. Part of me always wonders if it's with the really old ones, if it's just so they can have a version of it up that they can say is sanitized of the not appropriate the, yeah, things. The, the racial issues and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Things, the, the child the, alcohol. The alcohol and the cigarette cigars and stuff like that. And, and then also, yeah, the racial components of other movies. Because right. Lady and the Tramp, I feel it was a fairly decent new like adaptation. I forgot that um, existed. And they sanitized that. Didn't watch it. All right. Well, that's a pretty that's a pretty dull list of movies. <laughs> Being the worst ones of the year. It's true. Okay. We'll cut that for the TikTok. That's our 2022. Thank you all for joining us for the ride. Stick around for 2023. We got all kinds of new stuff coming. From the return of Pick a Pit. I don't some know. New some new variation. That. We'll hey, we'll have some new variation. Some. You know what we can promise people? We're gonna have some new movies. We're gonna have some sequels. We're gonna have some themed months. We're gonna have so many Santas, and we're gonna have the return of our favorites in my the horror October. Boy, it's gonna be very exciting here. There's a lot of there's there are probably some good movies coming out. But mm. we we're we're gonna pick them, and it's gonna be good. Hope I so. think 2023 right. is gonna be a great year. I agree. I hope so. All right, everybody, have a safe New Year. Don't do anything too crazy. We'll see you all sometime. We're gonna take some time off as we usually do, but we will see you very soon with 2023 movies. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. Sounds good.